Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, The Power of Water and Water Life Science. That's been my research for almost 40 years now. And I started a research center a little better than 30 years ago to study and very seriously, rather than writing a book, what I could do to plant a seed for the future, how important water is to our lives. We've been taking that for granted worldwide. It's very serious. It's what made all that is seen and unseen in our lives water from the beginning of this earth. And as it began to develop life, of all life, but develop some things that you forget about that I need to remind you. It not only developed rivers and lakes and streams and creeks and the ocean. It didn't just create that. And life began. It created, before life began, water vapor in the atmosphere that keeps you alive. That is what keeps you alive on top of the water that is on the planet and the water that you drink every day. Because in your mother's womb, you're... Nine months are to prepare you with a percentage of water per organ. And then when you're born and you come out with that percentage of water per organ and you come out to be in this life of atmosphere that charges you like electric rod and that's what keeps you alive every day for the rest of your life. You begin a process of evaporation of water from your body living with that atmosphere. And that's why you'll notice the humidity in your life around you can be affecting you per person. Because there are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, no two skins alike out there at all, and more. We're all unique. All unique. Each person, no matter what you think you look like. And the thing is, is your uniqueness was developed by Earth way back in time because of what was going on on the Earth. With the sun, the moon, the stars, the rainbow, rains, more. It all began with that, water. And that's why you drinking water every day is vital. It's important that our earth can get rain, but it's important what the atmosphere is doing to influence all that because the water vapor in the atmosphere Depends upon healthy soil. Soil. 
organic farmers all over this country and the world have been teaching us that, about the soil, not sand, is what is important to that environment of that atmosphere and all life to be healthy. The soil. When we're not maintaining soil, like good reforestation, cleaning up the dead bushes and dry grasses and so on. And underneath there, there's developing a sand. Earth did that from the beginning with soil, moss, ferns, pools of water, Influence of water to nurture the atmosphere's ability to have good soil. The sand is like a spark plug. It triggers. And if you don't learn how to take care of your forests, maintain your land, it will begin to be soil. I mean, pardon me, begin to be sand. Watch it. Watch it. You'll see it. It happens. And that's why when we're having COVID-19 now, a virus that we're calling now a pandemic, very rare, global that moves like a leech. It decides to, how to move, but per person. Because it's, it's a strain. You never know how that strain's going to be reacting per person and how contagious it's going to be per person. And what we, that's what happens with a pandemic. And it was reacted to so quickly at the time, once it was figured out, was it in time? Probably not quite, because they knew that strain was moving in the fall before we found it out at the beginning and then that year. What we need to learn to do is with our lives. To get them back, we need to learn how to wear a mask because of the saliva that Dr. Wong taught us is the carrier. I call it the spit. I just want you to be common sense. And he told us that that when we were talking, when we're talking every day from birth, that baby is moving spit saliva out of the mouth up to all of us, about a, a, a Coke can a size a day. When that saliva touches something and we happen to have the strain, not knowing it, that somebody else can get it and it will begin to carry 
the mask helps protect that to be cautious. Sanitizing the hands can help maybe to be cautious to help prevent it. You never know. Those are precautions. Then we learned about the organ of the eye. The surface of the organ of the eye is 99% water. If that is over-evaporating to a dry eye, what can happen is their immunity strength is that water. By the way, I forgot to mention, immunity strength is water. Immunity strength is water for the body and for life around the body. Water. If it carries into the eye, it can carry into the body with an individual strain. It's a strain. A strain means it moves. And they're learning there are so many strains. So are we going to stop everything on this planet? And let it beat us? I don't think so. Because we're going to learn. We're going to learn how to do new research. Immediately it began as soon as it was figured out. Brand new research in, in February immediately began. And when that began, became something that of the future that is absolutely exciting new thinking. And then we're manufacturing all of this in the United States. I've heard that other countries are going to be doing that too, just to be cautious, to be preventing, because they're going to learn, they're learning now that their societies and their way of life could be destroyed, their society their economic kitchen tables, which is like a warfare against people. And the sad part about it, they're not only having COVID-19, but the children are not in school. It just brings tears to my eyes. And the kitchen table of their parents have even maybe had their businesses not only close, but maybe burn down. The children have been affected. So today I decided, and I talked to Kevin Kearns, who's been very helpful to me in Boston. Kevin is globally involved with training individuals physically, athletics, our warriors, and more. And he is very much involved with the mental side, too, of what is healthy for the body, like a martial arts. The mind can be so strong and so wise. He's introduced me to a wonderful gal 
that we're going to be introducing to you today, Nancy. And Nancy um, is going to be telling us a lot about herself and what her background is. And when we get to um, where she tell us about how long she's been at what she does and what her thinking is with Kevin is going to be on there with us today, too. I will let you go, and we're going to get into our sponsor, and we're going to come back with Nancy and Kevin. And our special guest, who is Nancy, Kevin's going to be introducing her. I want to listen, we'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be back with Kevin and Nancy. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Nancy, are you with us? I am. Hi. Well, audience, I want to introduce Nancy. I hope I pronounced this correctly. Mastello? Massiello. Massiello. I knew I was going to yeah. pronounce it right. Great. And uh, Kevin, are you with us? Yes, Sharon. And you, you need to live in Boston for a while to get the, the right Italian accent. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did, um, Kevin Kearns is with us again. And, and Nancy, I want you to know Kevin has introduced us some of the most wonderful people. And um, our audience has loved it. Um, Kevin, you oh. want to introduce her? Because she's... You yes. were so excited that she had the time to be on today. Exactly. She's extremely busy consulting, et cetera, et cetera. So I was fortunate enough to meet Nancy a little while ago. And what struck me the most was I don't think I've ever in 54 years on the planet. Did I say my age out loud? Oh, that's too bad. Anyway, um, <laughs> 
met a teacher with this level of passion to work in the field that she's working in with the people she's working. Uh, you know, she lives in a blue collar area, went to school, put herself through school, single mom, the whole nine yards, you know, basically made her way into the education system, followed her passion, which most people don't do, get all the degrees and everything else. And, you know, two towns away, not even two towns away, there's two affluent communities. She could have went there easily and got a job in these two other affluent towns and made more money. But no, where does she go? She goes to one of the poorest neighborhoods on the North Shore of Boston because she's needed. Mm-hmm. That was kind of shocking to me. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Um, you know, that's, uh, there's not a lot of teachers that will do that. You know, in this country, teaching isn't the same as over in England. You know, teachers aren't, teachers, teachers have a hard time building, um, I don't want to say adequate life, but, you know, living a, a, a very good lifestyle, a more comfortable lifestyle. You know, scratching and scraping and clawing, you know, while you're teaching mm-hmm. and you're a single, single mom, it's, it's not simple, not easy. And trying to raise, you know, a four or five-year-old, not a simple task. Actually, it's mm-hmm. an incredible task. It's, you know, I call it a superhero task, a superhuman task, to be honest, when you look mm-hmm. at it, you know. Um, so, I mean, with further ado, she's got, you know, multiple certifications. Uh, her website is... Okay, what I'll, do, what I'll do, Kevin, here, what I'll do here yeah. then, you open that up. Let's uh, introduce her to um, Nancy. You tell us about your life, where you grew up, and how you had these passions to do what Kevin just explained to the audience that you decided you wanted to give your passion to. Uh, tell us about yourself. I'm 52 and uh, raised my daughter on my own. I grew up in the North Shore of Boston. I did put myself through school. I always wanted to be a teacher ever since I was little. Um, I was almost afraid to follow through with it. I thought it wouldn't be as as wonderful as I wanted it to be. But here I am 30 years later, and I am so very fortunate to get up every day and still love doing what I do. And I've hit all different areas of it. I've been a teacher, a tutor, a nanny, a consultant. I work with special ed children, behavioral children, and I still love it every day. I am so fortunate that I love it every day. Now, did you, um, the, uh, and you're, and now, now you, I feel, yes, I'm sorry. Well, well I was going to ask you. Even now, through all these times, I know it's so difficult for, for parents. And, you know, I've had a lot of them reaching out to me, asking me, what do I do for this? How do I fix that? How do I teach my child? What about the, you know, so... It's been great that I've been able to, you know, figure out how to help them because I am homeschooling two boys. So now, I, you know, I kind of get all the areas. Into that. Now, are you um, working in an area that Kevin had explained that is for children who are needing a little more attention um, that maybe did not get it? Yeah, so I worked for a program called Head Start, and they're really... Okay, I'm familiar with Head Start. The needs of me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's where I really just saw a whole different side of life and right. teaching. You know, these children spent more time with me than they did with their own families. They were, you know, uh-huh. 
one of the programs I was in, they were there 10 hours a day, who was homeless, who was sheltered. They were getting, they needed me. They needed me. Mm-hmm. They needed that attention. They mm-hmm. needed that positive mm-hmm. attention. You know, right. it's very easy for any child to get negative attention. It's, it's, the trick is to teach them the positive part of it all. Right. Oh, right. You know, I found myself years ago, Nancy and Kevin, I found myself that, and, and by the way, Nancy, before I forget, at the end of every show, I've always said, put a child's heart in your hands. They're all perfect, Nancy. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and what you do, these children, I'm very familiar with Head Start. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, very familiar with Head Start. And what you're doing there with the kids, with the Head Start program, where our children whose families can't afford to do certain things, and they've turned right. to this program that the government has to help to be assisting with the school. And it works. It works. And what you're doing now to give these kids a chance to get excited about their own thinking, their own vision, who they personally are. And the reason I always say they're so perfect, Kevin, is mm-hmm. they're so hungry to learn. Have you guys, have you two ever know? I'm a lot older than both of you. I'm 78. Have you two ever noticed how I call them adults, think they're so smart? And yet kids <laughs> are wanting to learn. And you know, Nancy, people who are willing to learn and say they're not so smart are the best scientists on the planet. They, because you never can learn enough, can you, Nancy? Kevin, can Absolutely. you learn enough? I'll jump in for a second. I'll take, I take the martial art approach. And, and the martial art approach, the big joke is, People said, once you hit black belt, that's the pinnacle. No, my teachers taught me at 17, now you start over. You're always a beginner. You can always perfect your technique. You can always do better. Whether I, and I apply that to life, business, relationships, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. My relationships, my well, kids, good, my own education. Kevin, Kevin, good research into anything is to go from the root and work with all of that and watch and go on a hike that you don't know where you're going, and you want to explore as you go. And as you're exploring, you're finding out something new every moment. It changes. Well, it's like what's going on, both of you, with the pandemic. That was right. inevitable. That those, I'm going to tell the world, and I'm very open. I have a research center. The pandemic on those graphs, those charts, kind of like I called it a Bloomberg business report that went all over the world to reveal people's IP, <clears throat> um, of what they're doing with their businesses. Uh, we're co- going out on that report every day as if we're going to understand it. <laughs> or they, hmm. What do you understand? And, and then I kept thinking, there's more to this. So as I began to study and research both of you, I thought, oh, my gosh, it's the saliva. Oh, my gosh, it's the organ of the eye's immunity strength is carrying it. 
So all of a sudden, I kept thinking with my people, we're bringing on this show all this time and bringing up all this and studying it together. Um, Dr. Wong, who we had on here on Friday, or uh, I mean last Monday, world known, world known, nobody above him, had just made a report to the task force. It's the saliva. And the thing about it is with our children, the thing is they weren't educating the family to assist and people to assist their businesses, to assist getting those children back in school. Um, Those crafts weren't going to do it. Charts are not going to do it. It's good old-fashioned research that's going to do it. Now, Nancy, what have you been learning with your passion about these children not being able to be around each other and being at this distance? Um, well, and, uh, I feel right now, I mean, even before the pandemic, these, this generation of children has the lowest social skills that I've seen and that I've ever seen. And it all has to do with their tablets and the phones and the TVs and everything else. So now with this, it's that much worse. (laughs) You are so right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my job as a teacher working with the little ones, that's the first thing we need to teach them is social skills. They need to learn empathy. They need to understand what that is. Because without social skills, you really, it's, it's very difficult to get all your other skills. That right. has to be your first skill. So now right. this is, you know, it does pose a challenge sometimes, but there's so many ways you can, so many things you can do. They have Zoom meetings, and I feel so bad for these children because they haven't seen their friends, and they can't pay attention to the teacher because they're, like, scrolling through the screen to see all their friends and say hi, and they're not getting anything out of it. So it's like, okay, guys, let's do this. Why don't we have a small group and let their friends chit-chat on Zoom for a while or do an interactive game through Zoom so they're building something social, like do a follow the leader with four friends on Zoom so they can see their friends, they're getting active, and they're getting some type of social, you know, and then let them meet up, let them go for a bike ride, safe social things. There's so many right. things that they can be doing, and it just needs to be incorporated more and more. They need to get out there. They need to see each other. They need to build up their immune system. Can I share one with both of you, the thing you learn in research with the behavior of our planet, the whole planet, that when you're around somebody else, you're able to communicate through the skin and the behavior of the atmosphere and the way it is all triggered through the skin and those organs that are there. A piece of equipment... A metal piece of equipment is not going to do it. It, ha- it's an, it. it can be an assistant, but it isn't going to do it. It's going to be the reaction of what you just said, Nancy, and Kevin, you brought it up before, the social awareness of a reaction. And both of you probably didn't understand we communicate through the skin. The atmosphere is a trigger, like a lightning. 
and the bodies that we trigger with and move. Have you ever had somebody around you both and noticed it even with children? There's some children that they don't want to be friends with, and then there's some children they want to be friends with. That's, that's human nature. <laughs> Did you follow me? Human nature. Now, the one thing, Nancy, you learned is these children that are not so, especially the Head Start kids, don't get the social awareness that maybe some other kids might get in other locations. And, right. and because of, of an opportunity, I'm not going to call it a privilege, an opportunity that maybe some other young child has that maybe that person doesn't have. In fact, they can even live in the same neighborhood and not have the same opportunities as some of the other kids. Absolutely. Right. And the thing about it is that they still have to learn how to be socially involved with everybody, even though they don't make them comfortable or even though you disagree. You learn through that vibration of the organ of the skin and the vibration of the body and its trigger. Sharon, let me just strip in. Nancy, can you, can you tell, them, tell the, the uh, listeners that you basically work with special, special needs behavioral from three to six, which is a tough age, and what, the, what your method was when they came to... I, I heard the method. I thought it was amazing. Truly amazing. Wait to hear this, Sharon. Of every day when they came to class, I, I believe it was you had a different greeter. I mean, you tell them how, how it ran. So the way children don't, a lot of times when a children, children walk into a room, they're not really sure what they're supposed to do. They don't know how to greet people. They don't know what they're supposed to because they're brought up in all different ways. So we would start our day off every morning with a greeter of the day. They would stand at the door and they had four or five different ways that they could choose it. If they were shy, they could point to the picture or they could use their words and say they wanted to high five. They wanted to just wave. Okay. They wanted a hug, whatever it may have been. And every single child had a turn. And I would send a calendar home every month and let the parent know what day was their child's turn so they could be there a few minutes early. And they greeted everybody. And part of that is, having a smile on your face saying, good morning, you know, welcome to the school. We're going to have a wonderful day. All this happy, positive, you know, like I said, it was their choice, a high five, a handshake, a hug, or just a wave. But it was, you need to be greeted. When you walk in someplace, you acknowledge people, people acknowledge you. There we go. Yeah. I've been around that too, Nancy, Um, children that are going through some real challenges with handicapped situations. And, um, I know people that work out there that had children that had to work with that. And then I watched it, and I'm a founder of a hospital auxiliary. And um, I would watch it with how they dealt with it in the hospitals, too, with children that would come to the hospital, and they had that uh, situation where they were handicapped. And um, now with the children that you work with that are so... Kevin was just excited about you talking about today. Uh, with this COVID-19, how are you able to work with them? Well, right now, the classrooms around here are all remote learning. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, they're trying to have the teachers go in the classroom, so at least when the children are looking on the computer, they get more of a school feeling. I have been working, you know, at home. I take care of two boys. Um, one of them is super behavioral, and the other one has extensive learning delays. Like, he globally delayed everywhere as far as developmentally and physically, he's got a lot going on. And he, the end of school last year for me being here and homeschooling them, they've made significant progress because here's what we're doing today and this is it. Like, this is what we have to do. And mm-hmm. it's difficult because it's different, you know, but it's actually fantastic that they're getting one-on-one. Parents, parents don't like it. Parents aren't their teachers. I totally understand that. They have such a different role, but... You, you know, you have to aid a little bit more in their education, but guess what? Yes, these children right now, are gonna, they're already socially behind. We know this. So we have to work on that in so many different ways, and I'm helping so many parents. I'm reaching out to them. They're reaching out to me, giving different ideas. But instead of being upset of what we have to do, let's be positive about this. Years ago, I would have loved to have been able to stay home every day with my daughter and, and teach my daughter, but I had to work. You know, parents... You're, you're being made to stay home with your spouse or your children or whatever. Make the most of it. You're, they, could, they could be at their highest academic standings because you're giving them everything. You could be teaching them life skills 101. You know, parents were complaining plenty of times before that teachers didn't do this and teachers didn't do that. Well, now it's your time to shine. I've been okay, now we're going to take... Yeah, seven and ten. Uh, they can fold sorry laundry. To have to interrupt they can you. do dishes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Got to take only one break during our whole show, and this okay. is it. And we'll be back, and then I'll tell you where I come from about getting those children back in that classroom, the social awareness, um, like I taught you. Um, okay. Let's listen to our sponsor, Nancy, and then you can come out and back and Kevin too about how important this is to the children to think about the families paying for yep. the, all those bills. Anyway, um, I will be right back. Our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed, with just a mist. It's Nature's Tears for Immunity Strength of the Organ of the Eye. The surface of the eye is 99% water. The atmosphere evaporates from birth because the eyelid is open all day. And when it's closed, it gives it a chance to, to be able to, re- again, slow down that evaporation. But when that eyelid is open, the evaporation is living with the atmosphere. Over, it can be drying. That immunity strength of the eye is what protects you from all virus, all disease for the future. You're learning now. And you're learning that the saliva can carry that right into that organ of the eye if it's immunity weak. Worldwide, there is only one product that can work with that immunity strength to maintain that daily. And that's nature's tears I missed with 100% FDA-approved tissue culture grade of water. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Judy, pardon me, with Nancy and Kevin. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Nancy, audience, we're with Kevin Kearns again, and you know Kevin's background has been on here many, many, many times. Kevin is in Boston. He's a physical health trainer for all kinds of life worldwide uh, of our warriors, uh, our police officers, our athletes, and more. And he teaches teaches the martial arts to go with that, for people to learn how to think as they take good, get good training and endurance. And by the way, that is immunity strength, to teach the body, get the body in a training for immunity strength. And he's introduced us to Nancy today, Nasiello, and I know I'm going that, to, that, that's Nancy that's is back, <laughs> Nancy's background is extraordinary, and she spent, spent her life committed to our children of the, out there. And Nancy, just before I bro- our break, you were telling us how the parents should learn how to settle down, now I didn't mean to say that word, but relax and enjoy the experience of being with the children. And I really agree with that boot camp. I do. I think there's a, it's too bad we didn't have um, charts and ready to go to show the parents how to do that through good health education. Right. Uh, get, like you said, get up in the morning. Um, I've known families, one in particular, and um, the father was corporate executive, but he used to be in the Marine Corps, and they had a child that had those challenges, four of them, and he'd make sure that little one learned how to pick up his toys. Did the little one want to learn to do it? No. And did the little one have a real fit? Oh, yeah. Would he be disturbed by it? No. 
It's like the Marine Corps boot camp. You can do it. You can do it. Okay, get frustrated. Get frustrated. The child ended up, because of that way of living at home, going to a little private school when it was a toddler later. But the child ended up in public schools, even graduating from a public university. Had all the confidence to do. Now that it didn't need special help. Oh, yeah, some special help with those four handicaps that were really serious. And they're living a life as an adult now. Still there. Still there. But yep. she lives a normal life. She holds a job. She does things. She's got a boyfriend, but he has his problems too. He's, got, he's handicapped. Yep. But she seemed to have more strength than he does. Why? Because the parent believed in, like you say, and I believe in those boot camps at home for all children. I don't care what it was. Now, Kevin, I, had, I'm, I was a swim team mother, you two, to, for one of the top swimmers in the country. And the coaches taught me, don't let her not make her bed. Well, I already was that way. She gets out of bed. Before she goes to swim practice, she makes her bed. Um, she goes to swim practice. She works those, swims those thousands of yards. And then we eat the right breakfast. Um, she goes off to school, has her music, her singing, her horror, her 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 curriculum, everything she needed to do. And then back in the pool at the end of the day, again, discipline, discipline. She didn't even blink. And then she had a younger sister that started at three and a half to be a competitive swimmer, Katie. She then did the same thing because Julia was already doing it. Children love boot camps. Why? It's, it's confidence. So when you teach a special education child and you've got the patience, not everybody has the patience, Nancy, as you've noticed. Yeah. Not everybody. And you can't blame them. Right. You can't blame them. You've got to go and get them into other things. And the school system, for the children to go to school, and get that exposure to other kids like I was educating both of you through our life vibrations, our life awareness, learning how to live with each other. You can't do that through a piece of metal equipment and being sheltered in a cave. No. But the home is a a, a wonderful place. And I wish that more people would take that evening uh, kitchen table serious to sit down together and remember you two are young on every Sunday afternoon in the old world families had a tradition of a Sunday dinner I always brought did. everybody together yep we did yeah. too. we did it up yeah. until six years ago we did it every Sunday the entire family <laughs> yeah and Nancy your influence 
of getting people to consider a new invention, let's call it, new thinking, to getting people sanitizing their hands, wearing the mask, and why that saliva, and why the eyes, and getting people to be educated about their diet for immunity strength. Drinking a lot of water is the first immunity strength you've got. And, and, And getting them into a global health awareness, global health Olympics, I call it. And then when they get into that each day after you've reminded them of some things, and then all of a sudden they get this being able to see each other, to communicate by skin with each other. Because I think you're right, Nancy, the social awareness of children today and their health it's just, uh, I've watched it for almost 40 years. It's been changing. You both might not have noticed it. I had two girls come to me one time, and they were going to write a book, and I said, what are you going to write about? And I don't know. I said, write one about teachers and their, and their um, um, manners and their background and manners in the school system. Get the teachers back to wearing outfits the kids don't wear. Getting the kids to realize that that teacher is a teacher that is there to give them respect, and they respect the teacher, too, for what they're there to to be dedicated to. Pardon? That has to come from the home. Unfortunately, that's changed a lot. I don't have a big problem with it because I still have them little. Or if they're older, they do have their special needs and they're just so much easier, believe it or not, so much easier to deal with. But as children get older, I know when I was younger, if I did something wrong and my teacher spoke to my mother, there was no, I didn't have a say in it. There was no my side. The teacher was right and that was it. That's right. Nowadays... The teacher says something to the kid. The kid goes home and tells the mother. The mother calls and screams at the teacher, don't talk to my kid like that. So the parents need to teach these children to respect the teachers. Yeah. That's, that's I the know. I've watched that, Nancy. Now, how would you get kids back to school? We've only got five minutes left. What, how would you personally, with your background, get the kids back in school to get around each other. Honestly, I feel like they should have been, they should have just gone, they had all summer to clean and prepare and think of the safest way to do it. They're starting to bring some of them back now, but they're putting them like three kids in one classroom and a teacher in the other. That doesn't make sense. These kids need to be exposed to some degree to keep their immune system up. The younger kids, you know, they're not around a lot of people anyway. They have a low immune system. They tend to get sick a lot at the beginning of the school year. That's just the way it goes. But right now, there's so many ways, like perfect, cute little ways. Put four little desks together and block them off with, like, clear plexiglass or something. So they're right there and they can see each other, but they're keeping their spit and their germs away from each other. There's so many different ways to set up a classroom and get the children back in there to socialize with each other without having to make a physical contact, but yet they're there face-to-face. Mm-hmm. You know, I and mean, what about it's difficult, water, but it can be done. Okay, I'm going to suggest something to think about because you're in such a, a position to do, think about it, and maybe follow, go try it, think about it. Um. Every time they arrive at class, they're going to sit down like a health education class for the first time, for the first moment. 
they're going to sanitize their hands right in front of the teachers. So they're all sanitized. They're going to make sure they have masks on to not let that saliva carry out. Then they're going to begin a health education class of how to be cautious and hopefully for a prevention for the health Olympics of this. This is the health Olympics. They're all in training. And let the kids feel like excited. They're participating in the worldwide health training Olympics. The kids then learn about a diet real quickly so that they can be learned to think immunity, the word immunity strength of the body, and to be cautious. And then they can have their class, and in every day, the same routine. Now, when they're in school, you're right. There's going to have to be a sanitation. There's going to have to be masks. There's going to have to be sanitation. It's called the Health Olympics. Right. Be aware. They, Look, and by my, the way, with my preschoolers, we did this anyway. Nancy, I was we came say, into school and we walked all immediately. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, sanitation. We came into school. Yeah, the first thing you do is wash your hands. That's the first thing you do when you walk into school. You know, before you eat, before you know, after you eat, we clean the tables. I mean, every, it, it just blew my mind that they had to learn this. Why well, are we but just don't, teaching people don't, that they should but, wash their hands? By the way, Nancy. I'm going to share something with you to think about, you guys. I've interviewed a lot of doctors and dental doctors and physicians of all box of life. They have said, no different than a lot of people do probably where you're coming from, well, time. They don't have enough time. They take it for granted. People should know. I said, don't take it for granted. Nancy, we have doctors who go to the doctor being dehydrated because they're not drinking enough water. You know, doctors should know better. Yeah. That's the other thing they need in the school is they need enough water for the kids to have their hydration breaks. and their In my classroom, going. that's all I give them. Yeah. Good for you. I don't give them the, the juice that was supposed to give them. I give them water, and then they get you know, maybe some milk, but they get water throughout the entire day. Even the boys that I take care of at home, they drink water all day long, nothing else. They get milk yeah. with their dinner. Yeah. Now, we've all so out of time. It, it always goes fast because of, uh, of my part, too. But back to the whole thing. Nancy, how would you like to leave the audience globally today? It's a global show. And we have like how would three I like million to leave them? I'd like, to, I'd like for people to understand, make the most of everything. You, you have to have some type of exposure. These kids need to be back in school. Parents need to be back to work. We all have to play our part in it, though. This is, this is a team effort, and everyone has right. to do that. People don't like wearing masks, but it's still a necessity at this point, and we have to respect people who are around us that may be health compromised and put that mask on and let's get rid of this and get back to some type of normalcy. Now, Kevin, you've been, and you're what you've been doing, you've been starting a new thing with training, some new virtual trainings and trainings out there in classroom too, for you uh, in person too. Are you having them wear the uh, masks? And they're doing this with your training? Oh, yeah. 
Nancy's doing it too. She's got, you know, Miss Nancy's classroom is dark and She's doing it for parents and yeah. kids because you got to get out there. I mean, I'm doing it too. When people come into my studio, yeah, they get the mask on and the whole nine yards. I keep them six feet apart, blah, blah, blah. And then we have the virtual and you know, stuff. The both of you, that's going to be a future. Have you noticed there's other countries of the world that are wearing them? And it's not just the pollution they're wearing them. They're wearing it because of, right. of the season, uh, the viruses that could be floating. Japan has been wearing them for over 100 years. So, but again, I want to thank you both for coming in and um, joining us with this future of getting these families back to school. And yes, Nancy, you taught us the families need to have more attention at home with the kids and for give them the Global Health Olympic at home, too. <laughs> but I want to thank, thank you, Nancy, for your dedication, thank your passion, you. and you, Kevin, for what you're doing. Keep up that okay, good but, work, both of you. God, and God Sharon, bless Sharon, you both for it. Sharon, don't forget to drop her email, nancymm522 at com, and it's missnancysclassrooms.com. I'm glad you did that. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> Okay. We should, we and, should just have her on again. And we, and, and we have Kevin's on there, too. I've got to run. Yeah. They're going to cut me off. Go. Right, thank you off. very much. Thank you both, and be well. All right. And give those kids right. a hug for well. me, Nancy. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Right. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening. I think we learned a lot about what's going on out there. And that's what this show is reminding the world of. I want to thank you for listening. Put a child's heart in your hands. And there's an, every child is just perfect to me. And I want to say happy birthday to my great-grandson, Briar, this week. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.